0: The source for the culture from Silicon Valley. A lot of different attributes that we can go into detail. But the base where it's at. For the ones that are watching outside, y'all need to slide through. Uh, Thanks. But we're going to get right into
1: Watch it. and shop on emlynexclusive.com.
0: Even though I ain't rich, bitch, I ain't rich, yeah.
2: Bounce back, Michael Vick. all my shit, yeah. Cause being broke is just a state of mind. That is my state of mind
0: mine, is mine, I'ma take my time, won't waste my time, if we ain't along, they don't wanna see me shine, I'm still gonna shine,
1: I
2: got that work and I'm
0: online, yeah. Alrighty, so, it ain't exclusive, if it ain't an Emlyn exclusive, it's your boy BQ, and welcome to the Emlyn Podcast, we in the beautiful downtown San Jose, Silicon Valley, and I'm accompanied by my guest, my good friend, Mr. Johnny Lee.
2: Yep, thanks for having me BQ. What's up
0: bro, how you feeling? been good how you been man it's been crazy i feel like uh just you know adapting with you know the the way the things are after covid and then um economically just like the opportunities that are limited um everything that's just in the political climate it's just like there's a lot you know what i mean but from what we can control i feel things are slowly starting to line, if that makes sense you know we've been in the pandemic since march it does and after a whole year i feel like a lot of people are slowly starting to like figure their way you know yep. including myself
2: it feels like a different lifetime to be honest like i thought i had my life figured out right before the pandemic you know and yeah. stuff started lining up the right way mm-hmm. and then the pandemic Boom! Smacks her in the face. I know, <laughs> dude. I was like, well, what, what just happened?" Nobody's the... seen it coming.
0: Nobody. I mean, and then there was like things out there that made people like, "Okay, there's something happening." Yeah. Oh, there's another flu. We got a flu shot. We got to take or something. But then at this time, I don't know if you remember. Actually, you might not have been. Uh, so, just for the audience, know. So the reason why we have Mister John Lee here is uh, he has a very diverse portfolio. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of value that people will take away from this conversation, especially for the folks living in Silicon Valley, um, for the people that are currently trying to find a way to intersect from where they currently are in the industry they're working in to get into the tech space. Um, so my friend right here is actually an account executive at the company called Ripcord. Um, so I, I want you to kind of like formally introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background of yourself and kind of like how you started your path and your career into, into um, entrepreneurship and yep. tech.
2: So a little bit by myself, you know, I've been born and raised in San Jose, mm-hmm. grew up here my whole life. Didn't know what other cities looked like too recently when I started yeah. traveling. But, you know, San Jose is home, um, always going to be home. Uh, Growing up my whole life, I really just had that mindset of I don't care what I did. I just mm. need to make money. Yeah. And it's not like I'm not just chasing the dollars. I'm chasing financial freedom. Mm. And then the, the thing that's messed up is, you know, I went to college, got a business degree, all that good stuff. But you don't really learn how to run a business or anything yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you learn the economics behind it, and you of course you learn the theories. Mm-hmm. But none of that really works. Yeah. Like wh- when you when you're owning a business or when you're running your own business, right? When I was a kid, mm. what I had to do for money was like because you know we didn't grow up with that much. Mm. So what I had to do is just you know buy buy candy, go sell it to the kids at school, you know do whatever you can. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know after I finished my college degree, I. Luckily, I didn't think I was gonna start a business for some time. Mm-hmm. But then I came to this idea, and then I, I met a couple of my investors, mm-hmm. family friends, and you know cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Pitched them the idea. I'm like, "Yo, this is like my next five years. I'm gonna work up to here. I'm build up my money, and I'm open this shop." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Wait, we, we we have some, you know, we have some money laying around. Like yeah. we're trying to find something to invest in. Help us out." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "And you know, it's, it's part lucky, part, but then part preparation because mm-hmm. I was ready for it. Yeah, but at the same time." It has to be a little luck in it. When, when you're running a business, you have to be lucky. You have to be prepared, just ready. Yeah. And the overall thing you have to do is just hustle. hmm Because when I first started Frozen Ninja, right, I, I budgeted. I thought we we're going to, you know, use X amount of dollars. hmm But then, you know, it's like any business. There's like a whole bunch of fees you're never aware of. this <laughs> yeah. It's your first time.
0: Yeah, especially your first time.
2: And soon after that, like, you know, after three to six months, we're like, wait, should we still do this? We're fucking out of budget. Like, this is yeah. way over top, you know, kind of thing. hmm but we were so far along, and then, you know, we had a mission. We believed in it. Mm-hmm. And then we just, you know, we just made it happen. We, we grinded. We found the right people. Everything lined the right way. And then I opened up uh, my first ice cream shop, Frozen Ninja. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, really, you know, I, I had that with the main goal of I'm going to set this shop to get some passive income. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I love desserts. You know, mm-hmm. was,
0: sweet, too. Can't go wrong with desserts, man.
2: <laughs> yep. So uh, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, trying out different ice creams, learning how to make the best product. Mm-hmm. So once I finally got there and you know delegated all the tasks to the right people to mm-hmm. run my shop, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I want something for myself now because this was me and my business partners, mm-hmm. and you know we made a good chunk of change, but mm-hmm. you know like it's, it spread it spread out. Yeah. Especially any any business you run if you have partners. Yeah. But then it was to that point where okay we're either gonna expand, or you know I I'm gonna find my own route. Yeah. So I'm like okay you know what I got this settled you guys take care of this I did my job because mm-hmm. to be honest the first. Two years of opening any business—that's the hardest ever. Mm-hmm. Just having it set up because the way the system set up right now is like you have to have boatloads of cash yeah. to do anything in San Jose. Yeah, you need um, capital for sure, for sure. And then mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of ways to get it now. Mm-hmm. You know, crowdfunding, all that good So Finding investors. Yeah. So you just have to get creative. So anything's possible. But for people coming from the bottom, going up, mm-hmm. there's a lot stacked against you. And, Agreed. And you have to uh, find your route, find your path, and. Just make sure you have a solid team behind you because that's, and that's mm. what matters the most
0: i agree with that hundred percent dream work teamwork makes the dream work right of course, yep. um there's a lot to unpack there i want to take it back a little bit pieces by pieces in context um so first i want to highlight he's born and raised in san jose so we appreciate you know our homegrown folks making beautiful things happen um so i want to get because you also mentioned uh, towards the end of this you were saying that if you're starting from the ground up you have a lot of obstacles and challenges that come your way yep. um so growing up in san jose like what part of San Jose did you grow up and what were some of the circumstances that you were put through to get to that route. And on top of that, I also want you to highlight a little bit of like when did you realize you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Cause it seems like you were pretty self aware that you wanted to build a business early on. So I want you to elaborate off that a little bit. So
2: so I grew up in um with South San Jose. Kind mm. of South it's not as far as Oak Grove, but I'm like right by Andrew Hill. Nice. Yep, that's so, South right there. Went, went to went to Los Arbolos Elementary School. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I went to Silverdale, then Andrew Hill. Y- you know, it's not the best part of town, yep. as we all know. But then you learn a lot there. Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like, for me personally, right, I'm growing. I'm trying to make money so much, and you know, grow my family mm-hmm. to the point where we don't need to worry about money anymore. Mm-hmm. And then growing up my whole life, like in that community, all you saw was people struggling. Mm-hmm. Like people will be working two to three jobs to barely keep the house warm, keep yeah. the food on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's really rough seeing that and I wanted to make sure before I had my own family that I wouldn't put them in that same situation not mm-hmm. saying it's a horrible one yeah because it builds a kind of person yeah and I, I don't think I could be the person I am today if I didn't grow up like that yeah if I was fed with a silver spoon every day like I would be a completely different person yeah just you know, like, be an asshole people you know.
0: so I definitely agree it does impact some people like the environment it shifts you you know some people become a product or they become a victim yeah. um, but continue sorry
2: yeah and from there, like, my whole life, I always knew I wanted to start some business. I, I always had that business mentality. Cause I didn't want to work for anybody. Mm. You know, That's the main thing. You, you work for yourself and it's kind of true with the uh, unspoken truth is entrepreneurs are lazy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone wants to work till they're 65 or so they can retire. Bro, I want to be 40 on a beach somewhere, you know, just <laughs> relaxing. Off
0: tops. Like with 65,
2: what are you going to be doing? You know, you're going to be tired, old. You don't want to go around that much. You know that's what I'm saying? That's very true. You know, I just didn't want to be stuck in a rat race. And mm-hmm. that's my motivation to, you know, become an entrepreneur.
0: I love that because I love that we're talking about things I'm familiar with, too, because I'm familiar with that neighborhood. I, I grew up, you know, down Center Road off of Love Capital and Snail. So that area is not really that far away from it. It's probably like five minute drive, yeah, it's right by the 20 minute walk. Um, so I was actually supposed to go to Andrew, but you know, my aunt lived by old girl. So I used her address cause <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. a really fan of, I was a big fan of the football program over there. So when I was young, yeah. I knew I wanted to play sports. That was before I, uh, chose entrepreneurship. Yeah. I was a real sports head, but one of the things I took away was uh, I used to have friends that went to Andrew Hill because I went to Davis, yep. and Davis, it was either you go to o Grove or you go to Andrew Hill. Exactly. So a lot of my friends were at Andrew Hill, so I sometimes would go over there, and I see those things that you're referencing to, just the environment, you know, people struggling. And that was a school that wasn't like O'Grove uh, that didn't have the u- – they had uniforms, you know what I mean? And <laughs> <In>, <laughs> such a small detail, but it's so distinct because if yeah. you see everyone that looks exactly like you and you said, like, circumstantial, like, people kind of – Uh, grew up the same way so they don't see things that different you know so like the 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 mind frame that you were slowly developing at that age not a lot of people thought like that you know so I feel like some people think like like those little things you mentioned like I don't want to work for someone or I want to work on my own time they don't think of it like entrepreneurship they think of it like I don't want to be locked up or in, in a cage in a company or a corporation or exactly you see what I'm saying yep so I think it's interesting how like environments like this create like friction for people that don't want to be boxed in because they're already you know systematically in uh you know in an environment low economic school um you know go to school every day and then after their parents are home because they're working two jobs or you know what i'm saying like and that's very common um so i i really appreciate you highlighting those things because i know a lot of people would agree that it's not easy to build something from the ground up growing up like that so, let's transition a little bit. So, this is early early days. This is going out of high school. You graduated, and you're going to college. So, tell me about the thought process before going to college. Did you go to JC and go to a four-year, or did you go straight to a four-year? And how did that work financially? Because I know school is not cheap, so how did that work?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I went straight to a four-year. Mm. It might not be the best decision I made, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have took the JC route, but for me at the time— I didn't even want to go to college, to be honest. Yeah. But it was more for my parents. Mm-hmm. They like they raised me to, you know, my my parents are immigrants, they came from Vietnam. They are like mm-hmm. hey, the dream is to get you through college, get yourself a degree. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I liked about my parents they were hands off with me. Mm-hmm. So, we made a deal early on like when I was middle school, high school. I'm like, you know, what? I'll get decent grades or you know, good enough grades, you leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So I'd be leaving the house till like, you know, midnight at times. Mm-hmm. and Coming home, they don't trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to finish college and I'll do what the hell I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do this for you guys. Some but, great
0: chemistry right there.
2: Yep. And and then, you know, so I chose to go, go to UC Santa Cruz.
0: Nice. Beautiful school. I know it's a beautiful, beautiful city too.
2: Beautiful city. Um, but I went there with the intention of, you know, I thought, you know, it was a beach life, all that good stuff. Yeah. I was tricked. I should have done my homework. It's cold, bro. <laughs> it,
1: it's it does get cold. a little cold over there <laughs>
0: for sure. It is cold over yeah. there. Um so that's 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 cool um that you went to UC Santa Cruz I have some friends that went to UC Santa Cruz I visited that campus when I was Amazing. at De Anza uh I was a part of a program called Puente and they took us over there to just you know walk the campus at that yeah. time it, and let's talk about this a little bit cuz my mindset might you know relate with you when I was going to school I agree 100% what you just said I went to school for my parents yeah. I went to De Anza first with the intention to play football Cause I, once I played all grow in my mind, I was, like, I'm playing football. I don't care what no one says I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm yeah. five, six and a half. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. I'm going to play. And I was good. I performed. I, I I out-trained a lot of people. I feel cause my work ethic just, I, it adapted with, with competitive sports the same way, yeah. like sales is competitive. Yeah. Right. Um, but then I had an injury with my Achilles and I was no longer able to play anymore. And that played a big role in like the next chapter of my life. I was like, damn, like, all day, every day I trained and I thought about football and now yeah. it just got taken away from me. That's um, great. and at the time I was part-time working at Sprint, uh, working at the California wireless solutions, third party. Um, so I was balancing both and I was going to school, but once I stopped playing football, I was like, I lost the desire to be here. Yep. The only thing that was keeping me there was like my friends and that program I was involved with. But once you got to the next level, it was like, you're just on your own. Cause you know, college is more independent. It's all on you, what you do. Yep. Um, and then uh, I, I I realized like I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and there and I needed a reason to leave. I, I there was something stopping me. Like I felt yeah. like a guilt if I left. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, I went through some circumstances that put, you know, I got my car broken into, had my stuff, Jack, my laptop, the last week of finals on my, on the, on the quarter before summer. So I was like a make it or break it with my grades. I was yeah. like, damn, if yeah. I don't pass, I, I failed this, se- this, uh, quarter. But if I pass, then I got all C's and I'm like, I pass. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cause at that time I wasn't thinking A 3.8. I was just like, let's just, just get pass. by, yep. you know, unfortunately that was my mindset, but it was school. Um, but you know, once it happened, I was like, damn, you know what? I don't think this is meant to happen. I realized I didn't want to be going here anymore. Yep. And what was really funny about that situation is that you see all the clothes I have here. And I have some people off camera, they know that I sell clothes and stuff. I used to st- I started Emlyn strictly with clothes. And I went to the same campus that I was going to school at to sell my products. Yep. And I was set up there Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I ended up doing that consistently enough to the point where I was grossing a 4K a month. Dope, and I man. was doing that off of fucking clothes. <laughs> and I was like, dude, at Sprint, we were working full time hours and with commission, we weren't touching that. Yeah. And you know, don't get me wrong, Commission was nice, uh, but what I was trying to get at, I was like, wow i did this on my own with exactly. this time so i started calculating things like erasing this the the stigma that society has like oh you got to go to you got to go to school you got to have a job you got to go get a career and that's how you become successful until you retire right like how you talked about yeah. that, that's really important too by the way because i don't want to be old and not do shit you, <laughs> you know what i mean and you. life is not even guaranteed either that's another thing but yeah. we'll talk about that after um so i was like just like I said, it was a calculated decision. I was like, you know what? If I can do this in this time and do this in a year, I can gross more than what I would if I was to work full time. And that's kind of like what my thought process was. And I was like, fuck it, full time. Yeah. And and then from there, you see how things have kind of transitioned and stuff. But the reason why I broke down that story is because I want to highlight the decision and the pressures that come from growing up in an immigrant family, because I also my parents are from Nicaragua, they're from Central America, yep. and they migrated over here in response to the the civil war that was happening. So it wasn't even by choice. It was like you know we're gonna go if if, if, if you want to survive type shit. Yeah. Uh, my fa- my brother, my I'm sorry, my pops. He came to the United States, came to San Jose specifically, just so y'all know. And <laughs> then uh, and then um, you know uh, my brother. Was, uh, he's, he's 10 years older than me. My sister is uh, seven years older than me, and then I'm the youngest. Yeah. So, you know, there was you could see that they're all go to school, go to school. And then once yeah. I came around, I was the black sheep. I was like <laughs> – because they, they graduate. My my sister graduated from SJSU, and my brother, he went to Heald College, and he got his little degree to go work at Olympus, and now he's worked his way up and got a good career going. But the point I'm trying to get at is I completely turned down the route that they – were like, you know, you got to do. Yeah. And it was hard because I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I was passionate, you know, yeah. and you see my energy when I'm up, I'm yep. up, you know, but when I was younger, I feel like I was a, a little more like energetic to that point. Um, because I feel like I, I knew less than what I know now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my parents weren't happy about that. You know, they were really disappointed. They were like, "How could you do this?" you know, like and people uh back home in Nicaragua were like, "Oh, you how's he doing? Is he going to school?" And they don't want to tell my family like, "I'm not going to school" cuz yeah. in mom and their mind they're thinking like, school, if you're going to school, then you're doing good. If you're not, then you're a bum or yeah. something. It's yeah. literally like black or white when it comes to immigrants. I swear to god. Uh I mean, not it's not a blanket statement, but you get my point. Like yeah. there's a lot of pressure. Um, so I think you kind of answered it already with how you said, like, you already communicate with your parents, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Stay off me and I'm going to get the job done. So do you feel like that dynamic, like, is the main reason why you are where you're at now? Or do you feel like you handled the pressures differently?
2: I think it's just a mentality thing, because like, mm. once I want something, mm-hmm. I, most of the time I don't know how I'll get that to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's first off. But I, I just do whatever I can in my ability and... It, like you, like you mentioned, like it, it doesn't matter how early you wake up or how late you go to sleep. You just get the job done. Yeah, period. Because for me, like, like especially working in sales and stuff like that, like efficiency is key. Mm-hmm. There's some people that s- spends eight hours a day, you know, stretching a job out just so you know they're getting paid hourly wage. Mm-hmm. For me, if I could knock that job in three hours, why not? And Hell chill yeah, for extra five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would love
0: that. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> and and that's a good point uh, because I feel like a lot of people don't view it that way because the way that it's set up. They don't think there's another option yeah and this is where i'm gonna segue this conversation we're going to talk about careers and how you know you realize that the tech industry was one of those uh how you say those lanes that benefited you because i feel like that's kind of what you were going with yeah. in the sense of like what did you want it for yourself yeah you wanted that financial freedom uh and, and i feel that you know the tech industry has found has made that for a lot of people a lot of peers that we you and i both know yep. shout out to london shout out to isaiah shout out to will uh, will osai Trevor T uh, Shan, okay, there's a lot of names, but K two, K two, Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Jones, of the course, uh, and Clayton. Um, there's so many people. So Shout out true. to the Memory Blue crew, the ones that know who we uh, and Johnny R. Shout out to y'all. Um, a lot of memories I'll never forget. But what I want to transition and I want the viewers to understand, like why this is a topic I'm like constantly trying to uh, get people to understand, is that the tech industry is one of the leading industries. That's one. Two is that you don't need to be a coder to work in tech. There's other occupations that exist in th- in this industry that, surprisingly, people without degrees have been me- able to get, including yeah. myself, one of them. Um, and you know, uh, you talked about your sales experience and how you've been able to leverage it going into tech. So where did the salesmanship start? I know it wasn't in tech first. So yeah. where did it start with?
2: So to be honest, like. If you were asked me five years ago when I was in college, mm. my professor, like the only one that I ever liked, because like, he actually s- spit game. Like he he yeah, knew yeah. real shit. Like mm-hmm. He didn't fabricate anything. He just told you how how things are black and white. Yep. And, and then from there, he's like, you know what? I think you'll be a really good salesperson. I'm like, no, I don't want to do sales. Because I was like, in my mind at the time, mm-hmm. sales was those car salesmen chasing you down the lot, trying to sell you a car. Exactly. Sell you some mats for overpriced. Door-to-door or like that, sales you know? or some shit. So I'm like, that's not for me, Like mm-hmm. you know? And then to be honest, I got to a point where when I was applying to jobs, I applied to over hundreds of jobs and mm. got like maybe four interviews and Jeez. no one hired me. So I'm like... And this, this is after is, college?
0: This is after college. Wow.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the college degree, the only thing that I benefit from it, it opens doors. That, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an option before. Yeah. But no one's going to hire you if you have no experience. Very true. And then my background was a little different, right? Because I opened my own shop and stuff and people like that. Mm -hmm. But the most important part in getting to any corporate job or any job in general is you need the experience. Yeah. So where my sales experience came to, just part of my whole life, selling myself as a person, Mm -hmm. setting up the business, um, interviews especially. So then once I finally got that door that, you know, Memory Blue gave me, Mm -hmm. I had to do what I can to succeed. Mm -hmm. But after the first three months working there, I thought it wasn't for me again. Mm. I was like, this is rough. No one wants to talk to me. Everyone thinks I'm a waste of, you know, a waste of yeah, space, yeah. waste of time. Like, but then you, you have to get through that mentality. Like, and I think that's what built us to who we are today, too. Like, yeah. You have to deal with rejection. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to get rejected most of the time, if mm. not all the time. Yeah. And then you just grow tough skin from like, it's hard cold calling every day. It, is. it like, is. Even now, like, after doing it for so long, even when I pick up the phone, cold call, I'm like, hold on, I need to shake this up real quick. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah, get yeah, some let's blood go. flow, you know? Facts. So, um, yeah, but it, it's, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. Um, I like everything about it. And mm-hmm. I, like the main thing is, you know, the financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Like once you become good at what you do and mm-hmm. you work uf- efficiently, mm-hmm. like at Memory blue, right? Okay. They're probably not gonna like hearing this now, but <laughs> okay, I, the fuck, man. I, I was working my ass off for like three, four hour windows. Yeah. And after that, I'm just chilling with everybody. We're playing ping pong, winning all this good stuff. Cause in that three, four hour window, no one's bothering me. I'm I'm just doing my thing. I'm in the zone. Yeah. If you, if you work hard those three, four hours, you don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Like you hit your numbers, everything's good. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And a uh, few different angles I want to go about. But the last thing I want to say about that is like that is very true. And that's what I love about this uh, career in tech because I feel like it's very uh, progressive, the industry. I feel like they've embraced new strategies to elevate the workflow, like the, the work from home, uh, Zoom, um, you know, uh, incentivizing the the reps like to another level compared to other any sales jobs I've seen um, there's very few industries that I've seen been able to like actually compensate people to the point where they're like I don't want to go anywhere anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to get at before we started going into details about that is like, you talked about how you had entrepreneurship experience and that was the only experience you had to get into memory blue. So yeah. how did you leverage that enough to break in? Like for someone that's like watching this, that don't have a college degree, how did you leverage your skills and like your experience without the degree? I mean, cause I know you have the degree, but I want you to put yourself in a position of someone that just has full experience.
2: So, can can you repeat the question? I don't think I got this. Yeah, answer. no. So,
0: I was trying to say, like, just how did you leverage your experience to break into tech?
2: That was oh, the question. got it. I got it. So, you know, anytime you go in an interview, right, you're you're selling yourself. Yeah. And then you just have to shape the accomplishments you do to fit what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, like, based on my research on Memory Blue or any of these sales positions, you look for hustlers. You look for yeah. drivers. They don't care how you get stuff done. They want it done.
0: Yeah, the role in general, like yeah, pretty, much pretty much across the board, they're looking for like pretty much the same thing. Sometimes uh, depending on what they're selling, it might yeah. be a little different. Yeah. But I agree with you. Go ahead.
2: And then th- that's how like that's why sport people does so well in tech sales because mm-hmm. they have the same mentality. Like, you know, you said you played football. Mm-hmm. I played Pop Warner. I played mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. And I still do like, you know, self-defense, Krav Maga, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's that kind of mentality you have to have. Like, the mentality I have going to everything is the white belt mentality. Yeah. Like, anytime you go into a room and you think that you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Like, you need to go with people that will elevate you. You need you need that drive to keep going. Because no matter how good of you are as a salesperson, you have slumps. Yeah. And then, so the story I just told, memory blues, right? I'm like, look, I started a business. It was hard right off the bat. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But once I made it happen of course like it was great right off the bat you know everything's good you're the pop and you're the thing and then you, you have those dips you have those dips and waves and you just have to know how to adjust hmm. and i think that's the reason they uh, hired me because like okay this guy you know he's seen the best he's seen the worst but he still pushes yeah and that's the main thing in sales like you, you can't have one bad day dictate your whole year yeah you have to flip that switch like that and mm-hmm. then you know in an instant okay i'm back i'm ready to make another call this i'm gonna close this next person that kind of mentality
0: Some people I've heard say this uh, in the sales is uh, have short term memory, you know, like (laughs) don't don't like flush it pretty (laughs) much. uh, I always tweet this every day, another day, another opportunity. And I really approach it that way because like whatever happened yesterday, uh, because there used to be times I'll dwell on some shit. You know, I know there's people we all know that if they go through something, they dwell on it and it gets to the point where they procrastinate and weeks go by. And now you're not even in position to be a part of it no more because you've you've procrastinated, you know, and I and I definitely see how. You know, the salesmanship mentality, like certain people have it, you know, some people don't, but I feel like it's something that people can learn. And if they take the time to learn, I think it benefits them. Like having salesmanship in life can apply anywhere. I feel like, like you said earlier, like when you're an entrepreneur, you're selling yourself. I feel like when I was selling my products, I was selling my podcast, selling these productions. I'm selling the culture night market. I'm selling myself to be an SDR. I'm literally doing that everything I do. And I feel a lot of people had the same thing that you said where they were like, sales ain't for me. You know, it's not for me. But a lot of the times, you know, people um, might not not realize that it it aligns with them best. Um, So. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought right now. Um, there's a lot to cover because I feel like there was a lot of good stuff we were just talking about. Um, but I want to talk about, like, the role of the SDR. And pretty much, like, why I'm emphasizing on this is because uh, I met an individual named Ruben Harris. I don't know if you ever heard of a company called Career Karma, and it's based out of San Francisco on Folsom. No. Basically, uh, what they are, they're an organization that bridges opportunities from minorities and people that don't have full college degrees to get into tech. Um, and I met Ruben, we had a podcast like a couple years ago, and this is like, I did not do anything involving tech at all. I was just entrepreneur and part-time sprint, right? And, you know, I got to know him, I showed him my videos, and he was just observing me as a human being, right? Nothing related to tech at first. I told him about my experience in sales, and he's like, hey, man, I think you should uh, consider getting into tech. And I'm like, tech (laughs) like why bro i'm like that's like coding and stuff i can't do any of that and he was like he's like nah like first he started with the coding he was trying to tell me i could code i mean i think if i took the time to invest i probably could but for me specifically i felt like it didn't align with me but I was showing him the program Adobe Premiere Pro, like when yeah. I edit videos, and I was showing him how I'm cutting and mixing, and he was like, "Dude, like if you can do this, you can code. It's not rocket science." And like, yeah. you know, hearing that from him was kind of like different because I felt like it was, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? It was just so uh, out of reach. Yeah, you know, it was and, kind of
2: reassuring to you. Like, it was. Like, it like, was. Like, can I do this? You know, like,
0: and and also uh, there was a moment you talked about earlier with the just you know coming to the environment as SDR. You had what he had told me, it's called imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And basically it's like when you come into a new environment or some type of industry and you don't see individuals or peers that look like you, it discourages certain people because it feels like there's no one that looks like me that can do it, you know? And that's why like, it's just important to just have diversity in companies. Because exactly. um, I know that in tech, in tech right now, that's also another conversation that there's a lack of inclusion of minorities in tech. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like it's really powerful that we're having conversations like this now because people are gonna see us wearing a shark's hat, a and sure. they're, they're gonna be like, oh shit, wait, they're wait, from they're, the Bay, they're in the Emlin you know, the shot, like bro, it's just a yeah. vibe. But the point is is that the tech industry is actually more accessible than people think. And Ruben showed me that. And, and, you know, he wasn't the first person that told me my mentor, Timmy, you know, Timmy, he's my mentor. And Timmy was the one that referenced me to get into memory blue. So if it wasn't for him, I would have never been in position. But Timmy told me this years ago, like I was 22 at the time. I'm 26 now. And he was like, uh, uh, he i don't know if you know about his company it's called Riseworth it's like an agency and they just do marketing services for company and stuff and you know he recruited me to do some of the some of the work for him yeah. he was training me to be an SDR <laughs> and i had no idea yeah. like i was literally list building i was yeah. literally like outreaching and i had no idea he was just like look learn this learn this That's a good and he was right paying there, me yeah. you know and he was giving me the game and you know eventually uh, i picked the baton up for a different project i stepped away from it and then I met Ruben and it just reinforced everything he told me. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, Ruben's like, this guy's got his old business and everything. And I was like, thinking to myself, like, you know, he's, if he's telling me what Timmy's telling me, they're clearly telling yeah. me something that I should Something's be listening right, to. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, let's for, fast forward a year later. And now, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to get interviewed at Memory Blue. Um, I had a reference. So that was a big thing. And I also came over prepared for the interview. I had a lot of experience in sales. So I felt like, that was a big factor i managed that sprint so i managed like a whole team we hit quota you know we were traveling to um uh, miami and vegas for incentives like and that's what i'm talking about incentives are very important in sales i don't know why people don't do incentives all the time yeah. very important very um important. but uh yeah man that's like why i wanted to dissect that because you know i was one of those people too that thought i couldn't be in tech yeah and now you know i finished my first year of memory blue uh we had a little gap with the with the pandemic. And now just recently I'm onboarded at ping pong. So let me tell you a little bit about that. So, you so, know we go, what go. we're doing now. So, uh, I'm, it's in the finance industry a little bit. So basically what we do is we help Amazon sellers convert uh, international currencies. So if they have like a currency in pesos or Canadian or, you know, Europe, yep. when they transfer those currencies back to the U S there's a conversion fee that happens and it ends up costing a lot of money and a lot of these businesses are getting charged somewhere between like three and four percent to do it and with ping pong they do it at one so it's like an ultimate like (laughs) sales pitch i'm like dude i'm gonna save you money i'm not here to sell you anything i'm just here to save you money and uh you know i feel like all the struggle i went through at memory blue because um, at memory Blue, I struggled hard for the first three months kind of yeah, like you of did course, yep. and I was discouraged you know what I mean because I was like man I feel like I have this slang in my talk you know I yeah. I' not like fully SDR in this in the room I don't feel like an SDR you know what I mean but I think over time I just stay consistent and I just told myself I'm not gonna give up you know what I mean like you have to have a you have to have a certain level of grit yeah. as well uh to be an SDR and eventually we started getting to the point where we started booking meetings. I started getting, like, my pipeline built yeah, up. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I'm actually getting, uh, like, three, four meetings a week now. And it got good. And then, um, uh, you know, I, I still feel like I didn't hit – I didn't hit I only hit quota, like, four, five times out of the whole year. And it's not a lot because I know people that hit it every month. Yeah. But for me, I, I felt that my memory blue time period, it was a lot of – grind you know what i mean like a lot of grind and i didn't even fully experience success to the full extent Mm -hmm. but i do not regret any time i spent there because all that grit and all that hard Mm -hmm. work now coming to ping pong over here just like woo woo let me tell you this new thing i got this i got this a uh you know the what's that uh what's that thing that joe used to say um phrase that pay phrase the pay like the ending of the email um you know asking a individual like hey do you have your calendar in front of you right now do you mind Uh, you know just like these little things that i started applying with my outreach at ping pong and they were like hey what was that like can you uh, reword that like show us your music shit, you know because yeah. i already had like a sequence and a and a and a operation kind of in place because of all the stuff i learned at memory blue and that played a huge role when i got onboarded and um some people when they get onboard as sdr sometimes that's their first job because they're yeah. coming out of college um and i feel like that also played a big role and i think you and i might understand that when we had those entrepreneurship and those sales experience when we yeah. came in we kind of had that right attitude um so i kind of want you to you know uh, elaborate a little bit on why you think people should maybe consider the tech industry because um, i feel like it's worked out for you you've been in memory blue uh for a year and then you transitioned to ripcord yep. you got hired out killed it and now you got promoted to account executive. Account executive is the following role of SDR, which is a closing position. Yep. So you actually interact with the people and you present the information and you close the deal, which is a lot more of a boss-like position. Just so you know, because
2: yeah, you make your own schedule.
0: You make your own schedule. Uh, I know. Uh, I've seen certain cases. That AEs get you know they're flying, they're traveling to close you know, deals. Covid,
2: I would be flying everywhere. Right now. And, uh, and
0: that's like crazy, you know, because like I feel like. Growing up in San Jose, I would have never imagined a lifestyle where you could like, I'm sorry, you could travel back and forth and still like close big deals and get compensated. Like it seems so like far fetched, but it's really not. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how that's been going for you and that experience.
2: So throughout the wholesale experience, it's been a great learning experience. Like You're learning every day you because you're, you're working with a lot of different clients right so mm. you're learning about every specific use case you might know your project your, your product inside and out yeah but it doesn't mean that you know everything about their company mm-hmm. so the more you work into like you know I, I work with coca-cola i work with bechtel i work with ucla they mm-hmm. all have s- similar use cases but it's all different projects so like entrepreneur mindset right now i'm like Okay, now I know how Coca Cola makes money. Yeah. I know how UCLA, you know, gets their funds. Mm-hmm. I know how Bechtel operate operates so efficiently. Mm-hmm. So this all this stuff is amazing to me. I wish like if college taught us all this stuff, I would actually enjoy college a lot more. You know what I'm saying? So
0: and the networking like the is network. huge. Like I you know, all the networks I made at Memory Blue, I'm still connected with all these people and yep. Uh, it opens doors later down the line. Like, um, you know, as an AE, you're actually going from business to business. You yeah. And what you just talked about right now, right? You talked about you know how Coca-Cola makes money. Yeah. You know yeah. how UCLA. Like, bro, you're basically dissecting business models and yeah. you're taking the game away. And you're using it for yourself Uh, when it matters, you know, because yeah. maybe not right now you want to start another venture. But maybe five years from now. You're like, I want to I wanna start an agency in the tech industry. And you know exactly who to call, you know who to get involved with, and you know who's going to believe in you because yep. you've already, the position we're in is the front line. So we're already the most trusted, you know what I mean, when it yeah. comes to this uh, situation. So, like, tell me a little bit about, you know, what information you took away from your years in tech and you applied it with your business.
2: That's good, but one point I like to highlight first is when you brought up networking. Yeah, networking is key for anything. Like, yeah, period. The next job you're gonna get is always networking. Like like what you mentioned, like you know, it would have been really hard for you to get in tech, where, you know, with no degree. Yeah. Because you knew Timmy. Yeah. Boom, you got right in, and that's the main thing. It doesn't matter if you have a degree or not. Um, like you know, if you have a network, you, all you need to do is get in there and prove yourself. Yeah. And then, like, like you mentioned, right like, what 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 did I pull out from the tech field or uh, tech sales? To pull my business mm. from there, I was able to. Oh yeah, that's, so that's why I didn't mention. I, I was doing a lot of catering events for my business. Mm-hmm. And that was the first real sales outreach I did. Mm. I would reach out to contacts. Uh, we got contracts with Facebook, with Google, with Apple, and bro, the money was ridiculous. Like <laughs> damn, it, I made. And this is for your business, it's right? For my business. Okay, and and
0: just to clarify, Frozen Ninja. Frozen Ninja. Got yeah, it. Okay. Shop, Dope. You
2: know? Yeah. So. At the time, right, we're at the shop, we were grossing like you know, every month we bring home like what during summer, probably over easy five figures, yeah, during summer, but then like these events. Well, if I get, like, two or three in a month, that blows the whole month out of the waters <laughs> right there. Yeah. And then Facebook, and they're having, like, events with, like, five, six hundred people, a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you're not serving all those people. They just want you there for the looks. And, you know, at least whoever wants them gets them. Yeah,
0: aesthetically pleasing. And
2: they don't care. They, they will pay you. They got the big bucks.
0: That's know? very yeah. true. Um, And that's, um, I kind of want to emphasize on that, too, because, like, the networks, right? Yep. You're connected with the certain people. And if you an opportunity presents itself, you know who to plug and play um like for example um some colleagues i have for the culture night market they had the knight foundation sponsor our event and that was big because we know the knight foundation is like a billion dollar company they're out here in san jose and the fact that i knew my partner and he worked in the tech industry as well and so we did this project together and he's like hey i already have these sponsors with me for this fellowship program that's what it's called and they participated as a sponsor and and that from the outside in, that look like, oh shit, like yeah, big. it's is a big yeah. deal. You know what I mean? Like not, not anyone can say they got the Knight Foundation sponsoring their event. Um, and that just goes along with what you're saying though. Like the networks are so, so key, especially in tech. I still got people that I'm still communicating to this day. I'm still calling them like, hey, like what's some advice you could give me? I just started working at SDR again. Like what's some advice you can give me? Cause there's a lot of things that come into play yeah. over time. Um, frozen ninja man so that's where i want to kind of like take this conversation now um so the frozen ninja location uh can you tell the folks like where you're located and like tell us a little bit about the variety what you offer
2: yeah, so Frozen Ninja, we're located uh, more of, I guess it's considered North San Jose, right yep. on the edge of San Jose Mopitas. Mm-hmm. Uh Roughly five minutes away from Great Mall, we're like an exit away. Nice. We're on um Hossetter and Capitol Avenue. Mm-hmm. The street address is uh, 1659 North Capitol Avenue. Y'all check that out. Yep. And what we make is we make ice cream rolls. It's a really cool concept, right? So. Mm. Like instead of like you know going to the grocery store and you know buying ice cream that's been sitting on the shelf for like you don't know how long yeah and then they have hella preservatives and all that stuff in yeah. there yeah like we make everything fresh on the spot so mm. the day you guys come in it might take a little while you know but then we're making everything fresh for you
0: wait what do you mean preservatives like what what do you mean
2: like you know like stuff when you buy from like Costco Walmart and stuffs mm. on the shelf yeah they yeah have preservatives in there just so you like know, like.
0: Chemicals or something? Chemicals. Oh exactly. shit! Just so you know, I know that. Make sure. I just thought it bad. was yep. milk and sugar, you know, <laughs> like frozen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're not that easy. It's kind of like you know, <laughs> similar stuff to like what McDonald uses, you know, mm-hmm. like when how they did those experiments when they leave like a burger out for like two weeks and it still looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, fact, I'll eat it. All the
0: Starbucks displays and shit. <laughs> yep. No, that's I, I just wanted to uh, pick that out because I don't feel I don't think people knew that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's dope. And um go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue.
2: Oh yeah. So. You, you know, the main thing we differ is, you know, like ice cream on demand. A lot of people were calling us like similar to Cold Stone, mm-hmm. but the, the way we do is like we'll mix all the toppings there. we use, but we'll make it into like rolls. So, in mm-hmm. my opinion, it looks kind of like flowers. Mm-hmm. So, it's a pretty awesome concept. I think
0: I've seen some like a video where it's like they pour it and then they put it together and they like kind of scrape it like that. Is that like the same thing? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's dope. And you guys make it on the spot. So, it's nice and fresh, local business. Exactly. Um, and so, what's like, what's one of your favorite flavors right now?
2: Favorite flavors, huh? No, that's a good one. Um. I say the chunky monkey because I'm a Ooh, big banana person. So hell yeah. banana and telegram crackers. Boom,
0: Love the name on that one too. Yep. What's a, what's another uh, cool name for one of the ice creams that stands out a little bit?
2: Uh, another cool name. I think we have this one's more for the ladies. It's called the Romantic. And actually <laughs> one of a uh, it's gotta be strawberry. Yeah, one of my employees made it, you know. Okay. because so, like she was a female she said, hey, we need something for Valentine's Day. And it's messed up because like, you know, we have the three business owners are three yeah. dudes. Yeah. So we don't have that, you know, we don't have yeah. that vision right there and then like these girls like you need to make it more feminine friendly i'm like what, what do you mean <laughs> and then like of course this ice cream is like strawberry nutella yeah and yeah bite, stuff like that it's yeah.
0: so interesting like when you have a, a woman in the room yeah. when you're talking business like a lot of the times they have some very insightful very things bro my yeah. girlfriend dude she's it gave me so much insight through all these productions like things that i don't even catch yeah and i'm like Right, hold on let me take that back to the drawing board real quick i was like i didn't even realize that no that's so true though man uh that's beautiful so yeah man so we've unpacked so far just to kind of recap we uh got a little background on yourself growing up uh south san jose andrew hill uh your path into college and going to schools that you went to and then basically your decision to starting your business and then also pursuing the path of SDR. Yep. Man, I feel like there's still more to unpack. There's, so, I mean, even though it's only been 40 minutes into this conversation, I still feel like there's some more to unpack. Um, so I want to get your take on um, the things that's been happening lately. I know there's been... Uh, a lot of awareness being raised to the incidents not even incidents these are like you know assaults on uh, elderly people yeah. in oakland and uh, different cities it's not even just there it's other places yeah. um so and i've seen you've been kind of raising awareness to that having posts and having um abbeys that are you know paying homage to the people that have passed yeah. so i, I want to give you an opportunity to highlight that so you can bring more awareness to the situation and and i just really want to highlight the solidarity you know i've seen that you guys are you know, coming to the actual city with other people and you're you're just talking to people and you're just making yeah. sure and you're just doing what a good uh, civilian would do for their neighbor and for their friends and for their loved ones. So I want you to kind of highlight that a little bit.
2: Okay. So let me give a little context and an overview of the whole situation. Yes, so, please. Uh, unfortunately, you know, once this whole pandemic started mm-hmm. and then what was being said on the news, you know, I don't want to drop names. Yeah. No, it's all cer- good. Cer- certain things were being said and then mm-hmm. Everyone thought, you know, everyone blamed COVID for the, the Chinese people. Yeah. You know, like this was the Chinese virus. That's yeah. what they were calling it. Yeah. So a lot of people took that to heart. Yeah. And then, like, you know, people are lo- losing their livelihood. They're losing their jobs. They're, they're becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, everyone was mad. Yeah. I was pissed. Like, you know, wh- I was losing business, all mm-hmm. this stuff. But they were there were focusing energy on the wrong people. Mm-hmm. They, they just think like these people are Chinese or, to be honest, they, they don't even care if you're Chinese or not. Yeah. Any Asians that they saw, yeah. they took their rage out on it. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's your it's your fault that I lost my job. Yeah. It's your fault that my wife broke up with me. Yeah. You know, it's your fault we're stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, so I, I've been I've been a part of all the, you know, movements before, like, I was supporting BLM. Like, mm-hmm. for me in general, being from California, liberal, I, I grew up with everybody. Yeah. And the reason I stayed here is because mm-hmm. It's so diverse. You, yeah. You meet people like, you know, we'll never meet each other. We live in the Midwest. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah,
0: fact, Vietnamese, Nicaragua. Yeah. come on, man. Yeah. Facts. And,
2: and it's just it's just really hard to see people attacking. Like, you know, we're into 20, 2021 now. Like, yeah. Is racism, why is it still a thing? Yeah. And why in California, of all places? Like, yeah. You know, we should be the staple. Like Everyone should look up to us. I agree. But slowly, you know, everyone's getting attacked. Like Asian-owned businesses are getting attacked like, yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And then the thing that really pushed me over the top was when the elders got attacked. Yeah. I'm like, bro. call for, for like, sure. Like, first of all, like, these kids, like, unfortunately, like, a lot of them are kids and stuff like that. Yeah. 20 year old, twenty years old, I'm like, I don't care who you guys attack, like, you know, like, what race it is. Like, if it was a Mexican lady, you know, Vietnamese lady, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Why are you attacking old people? Yeah. Like, bro, like.
1: They're defenseless. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. If, if,
2: Pick out someone your own size. Yeah, And like these old people, all they're doing is just like, you know, going to the store, getting their groceries. Yeah. Boom. Like there's this guy, he is a, I believe he's a Thai gentleman in yeah. SF. Mm-hmm. They got pushed and then he slammed his head in the cement and just died. Mm-hmm. And I was sick. Tragedy. I man. was sick at home looking at it. And you know, I'm a busy guy, right? So I, yeah. I, I work in tech, you know, as an AE. And then I also run an ice cream shop. Yeah. But I made, I made sure I made a time of day to go out to Oakland, you know, because that's where most of the heat was going. Yeah. I went out there and I met up the the group of the Asians with Attitude, in yeah. WA. Yeah, yeah, I seen that. Is I barely met them for roughly maybe a month or so, mm-hmm. but they're a solid group. Like we we all came from different backgrounds. We're not even all Vietnamese. All this, that, mm-hmm. everyone's diverse. Yeah, we even have like Mexican brothers helping, Black yeah. brothers helping, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we we're trying to make this not a race thing, right? Yeah, it's like what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. Period. Like you, you don't you don't attack old people like no matter what they did you don't attack old people yeah like these people can't defend themselves they're, they're just trying to enjoy their life they're being mm. peaceful and, and the one g- good thing to highlight is like unfortunately for the asian culture they're very conservative very quiet yeah so even if they get attacked they don't call the cops yeah because they're like you know that was my fault or you know like or you know we don't want the cops to deal with this we don't know with how they react yeah yeah so like it, for them like all this stuff happens all the time and recently it just got mainstream coverage is because people caught it on film yeah yeah there's numerous accounts of people getting attacked and like one of my buddies called me day, day they're like hey look john patrol this area of san jose like oh yeah my grandma got robbed but she don't want to call the cops because she's scared they might retaliate
0: mm-hmm.
2: i'm like dude if no one puts this out yeah. there they're just gonna keep happening
0: exactly and it's unfortunate man it's like it's a very uh i can i i feel your frustration yeah. you know it, yeah. it, it in, in, if this was any you know Uh, ethnicity, any culture, I would feel the same way. Um, Because it's not right. A lot of these elderly are defenseless. They're not thinking about, you know, someone trying to hit a lick on them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I even seen some of, like, those locations you were talking about right here, right across the street. There's a Vietnamese market, I believe, yep. um, and they have seen some folks, you know, making sure that people are taken care of, and I, and I respect that because it's the community that's going to protect the community. It's the yeah. community that's going to build us up, the one that's going to look after each other. Um, and I feel like the way things have been, it's like people are uh, afraid to step up and, like, come together and, like, you know, Uh, stand up for what's right and I feel like a lot of people that are just sitting on the sidelines are the folks that are kind of expecting someone else to to make change and I feel like you know with the black community latino community Asian it's interesting I mean it's not interesting it's stupid it's fucked up that every almost every race is going through some type of struggle you know because I don't know if you remember like the vendors were getting attacked like the Latinos the older older folks and it was frustrating because it's like younger people Mm. and it's like you know, if you were to play devil's advocate, I could totally see how something like that could happen. You know, because someone that's young and that's like not guided and has no leadership around them, yeah. they can be led to do stupid shit all the time. And it happens. You see that people are, that are young, younger than us, that get incarcerated for stupid things that someone could have just told them, like, hey, I can't tell you to stop it, but I can tell you what happens if you do it. You know what yeah. I mean? And having someone by you to uh, kind of, um, you know, guide you in that way can make the biggest impact. But at the same time, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, really shed some light on that situation and give an opportunity to kind of talk about what the positives have been happening. Cause you mentioned you had Mexican brothers and black brothers yeah. coming together. Cause we, I don't stand with that. I don't, I mean, I, I stand with that. I don't stand with the folks causing the chaos and causing, you know, harm to innocent people. It's just yeah. not right.
2: So I, I think there's a couple of good things to highlight here. Like so, like like I mentioned, right with the AWA group, Asians gratitude Yeah. Ratitude, yep. I, I I barely met most of them like like this month. Yeah. But then just because you know we have that bond, through, like we have that same mission. Yeah. And just because we all think the same, we're all fighting for the same goal. Yep. Common I consider some of my brothers already because like you know like we're out there putting our life on line, like, you never know my, what might happen. Yeah. Because, like, the so the more, because I was never a big social media person, right? Yeah. I didn't put myself out there like that. Yeah. But then for this cause, like, at the beginning, there was no recognition. Yeah. Like, police weren't really paying attention. It wasn't on the news. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until, like, you know, big things started happening and yeah. people started forming together that they started spreading awareness to it. And I, I want to highlight one thing. Like, we... So right now, right, I'm currently running the San Jose chapter. I yeah. have people patrolling around San Jose, like mm. not only the Asian areas, but like mm. the areas we think like, you know, most of the bad things happen. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't have to be out there patrolling. Yeah. But at the same time, just be a good civilian, you know, like mm. if you're out there at the mall and then you see some old person getting attacked, don't just, don't just watch, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like who knows, right? Like analyze the situation. Like if you see, you know, random people fighting, you don't know what what's going on in their mind. so yeah. things like that could be let be mm. but like for sure when you see an old person get attacked like a, by a bunch of kids or whatever bro st- at least be, stop yeah. it, at least stop
0: and that's and that's uh, it's good that you talk about that cuz i i've been in a situation i know people have been in a situation where they see something happen and they're afraid to get involved you know and yeah. that's you know it's situational i understand some people just don't want to get involved with you know violence or things like that but yeah. i think when it comes to the situation you're mentioning like with elderly people that are completely defenseless it never hurts to just at least like fucking say something, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, or even yeah. just get someone involved that could defuse the situation. Yeah. Um, Cause there definitely is more effort that people can put in to prevent all of these social mm-hmm. issues. Cause it, it, like I said, it isn't, it didn't start here and it didn't end here. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's constantly happening. It's um, a
2: cycle, you know, like it was like before, right. When 9-11 happened, yeah. of course like the Middle Eastern and the Indians always got attacked a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, when certain person became president, like the, the Mexican yeah, yeah. Latins, they got attacked a lot. Yep. And then, you know, the blacks unfortunately been attacked like throughout this whole thing. You know, they've been fighting this battle harder than anybody. Yeah. And that's one thing I wanna highlight too. Like a lot of people are coming to AWA like trying to say, like, oh, are you guys anti black? We're not. Yeah. Like we we've been with you guys from the beginning. Like we're just we're having some of the same issues that are happening to us now. That, you know, you guys have been feeling your whole life. Mm-hmm. And we just want to stop it early before, yeah. you know, it gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. And then it was good, too, because one of my buddies, uh, his name is JB, goes mm-hmm. by JB. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the first one that came out of Oakland, you know, start started doing those walks by himself, doing the patrol by himself. Mm-hmm. And I actually reached out to him. I didn't know the guy. I'm like, you know, hey, you're by yourself. You know, I want to be here. I want to help you. Yeah. And then he actually met up with... Um, I forgot the gentleman's name, but he's he's from the Black Panther Legacy Group in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And they they, you know, they went together, talked to social media. Nice. And then now they're working through a plan how like, you know, we, we could have both sides work together. You yeah. Know? Let us fight the the real real problem here. And yeah. it's not each other. Exactly. Like and then he he's you know, he says like, you know. Of course, all these are one-off situations. It's not any particular race attack anybody. Yeah. But then he's like, you know, we need to educate hard people. Like you said, the people that don't have leadership, the people yeah. that don't have these things, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just unaware, and they're, they're just mad at the moment, thinking, thinking, you know, like, they needed someone to blame them for, for COVID. Like, yeah. they couldn't go out. They're losing they're losing a whole year just staying at home Mm -hmm. and people are going crazy. People getting cabin fever.
0: And, and it's proven like there's real case studies showing that people growing up in tough environments and poverty, it it, it causes symptoms where people need to go hit a lick to make money, to make ends meet or to go, you know, cause disruption Mm -hmm. and and do a home invasion. Like these things don't just happen because people are out there trying to do it. It it happens because they're, they're, they're forced to, you know, not saying it makes it right, but it's, it's all circumstantial. Um, but I, I really appreciate that you really emphasize on those details because you guys are really on the field, boots on the ground, yep. and a lot of people are afraid to just fucking post it on Instagram. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So that's that's real. And, and, and on top of that, you know, that solidarity has been here longer than this situation. There's real photos of Bruce Lee with the Black Panther Party. Yep. And the Black Panther Party, everyone knows, started in in, um, in uh, Oakland, and, you know, when when certain uh, uh, certain communities were at effect, people came together. And, you know, like you said, I feel like we're just going to keep coming together when it matters the most. Um, So I stand by that. And I'm glad we had a chance to kind of discuss that. Um, So 51 minutes and 53 seconds into this (laughs) thing, man, we definitely got a lot of stuff to go over. um, But I want to get an opportunity for you to uh, address the audience um, for the individual, whether he's 12 years old and really inspired by business or the older guy that's like feels like he can't start another career because you know his uh the teaching job is no longer like you know the job anymore and the guy that works at DMV is like I can't do this anymore he's thinking about new ideas like what's some advice you can give to the folks that have you know have been impacted by this COVID and they're still trying to figure it out but they're like they're so willing like they're just so willing to just do something to make that change so what's some advice you can kind of give from what you know and what you've been going through
2: so so, some solid piece of advice I give is like if you're not happy where you are now there's no reason to stop it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter like if you have a pulse and you're still breathing that's your opportunity Mm. like you know there's a lot of people like you know for whatever for god forbid whatever happened they died of covid all this bad stuff happening mm. those people don't have a chance yeah but if you're still breathing you still have a chance and I, I seen people like like with me right so i thought you know i was like what 27 or something like that and mm. i didn't want to change careers i just want to run a business and do that mm. but then you just have to have the mentality of the white belt mentality that's mm. what i always go to so you have to be able to learn don't don't think you're the hot shit coming in yeah like no entitlement Everyone, like even now today, I've been in the tech field for what five, like four or five years. Yeah. I still don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's people doing this for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And like what you man, mentioned, like we always need a mentor. Like, you know, find someone. Like, if you don't know how to get there, find a mentor. Uh, rather, it's online. You know, there's a lot of online people that could help you now. Yep. Um, find someone that's done it before. And then salespeople are like pretty friendly people. So, like, yeah, I, I reach out to people sometimes. I'm like, yo, I, I seen you've been in this space for so long. Can we, can we set up a, like a coffee meeting? Yeah. And then, you know, game me up. I'll tell you what I do that. Works. You tell me what you do that works. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. You, you definitely need some guidance. It's not easy just to tackle something by yourself. But don't, don't be scared. Don't, don't let your ego uh, stop you from asking for help. Ooh, that's a big one.
0: That's a big one right yeah. there. You ended on a good note because I think a lot of people's egos is their barrier. You know, exactly. and if you put that aside, even if it's for enough to you to get that guidance that could be the difference right there um and I definitely um you know I back that as well mentorship is very key that mentor can be someone that looks just like you He could be someone that looks nothing like you but every information and there's value in every person I feel like I, I feel like I've gotten value from anyone but for the viewers a lot of my viewers watch on YouTube Instagram maybe Twitter yeah. LinkedIn is a platform my friends LinkedIn <laughs> is awesome. a platform yep. I know we will have some of our friends that are you know loyal to LinkedIn and they're definitely going to tune in but for the folks that are still trying to you know figure out their career path and they're maybe doing things a different way because there is a dynamic that people do to you know apply for jobs and to get you know money Yeah. from what you're taking away from this conversation utilize the networking remove the ego and get a LinkedIn account if you don't got one please because yep. I was late on it so I'm on <laughs> it now um but yeah man so uh, i do appreciate you taking the time to come uh Thanks i know it's you. been appreciate hard to coordinate we were both very busy especially you but we made it happen and make sure you guys slide a frozen ninja buy some ice cream if you don't buy it for yourself buy it for your friend for your lady for your boyfriend whatever slide through show some support it's a locally owned businessman is born and raised in the soil on the south side okay so i'll let that i'll let that be known um any last minute things you want to tell the folks
2: um I think the last thing I really had—I was trying to mention it earlier, to be honest—is don't judge a book by its cover. Mm. Like, no matter how much a person looks like look, like, like, look at Mark Zuckerberg and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, if if you didn't He's know who he was, yeah. Yeah, he'll be dressed like you know, you like this. Was broke. He's driving a beat up car. You know, yeah, kind of yeah, stuff like yeah. That. But this was like the richest man out there. So, just come with the and, You know, let that ego go. Like, you, you don't need you don't need that ego for no reason. Yeah. Just for me, right? I always give people respect. The same respect I expect from expects from them. Yeah, like, yeah. First time meeting you. Okay, mm. you have my utmost respect until mm. you lose it. Exactly. That's yeah. how it's supposed to be.
0: That's how that's how I am with like with trust. I trust you until you give me a reason not to. Exactly. That's real, man. We'll we'll leave it at that. Um, this is the early morning late nights podcast. We're in the beautiful downtown San Jose. Thank you so much, John, for coming through. And I hope everyone took some value from this conversation. Whether you're streaming it on iTunes or watching it on YouTube, apply it to your life and let's elevate. It ain't exclusive, fitting Emlyn exclusive. Should boy be cute and we're out. Peace! Uh, Thanks. So we're gonna get right into Watch it. Watch and
1: shop on emlynexclusive.com Even though I ain't rich, bitch, I'm rich. Yeah. Bounce back, Michael Vick, on my shit. Yeah. Cause being broke is just a state of mind.
2: Daddy, my state of mind. My spine is mine. I'm gonna take my
0: time. Won't waste my time if we ain't alone. They don't wanna see me shine, I'm still gon' shine. I got that work and I'm online,
1: yeah. I got the work, work, on line.